0: I didn't give myself permission to say to myself, hey, I'm capable of attempting this that would um, prove to myself that, you know, like, I'm competent as a person uh, a person, and I can explore all these things, even if, like, I fail, it's okay, I've tried, right? I didn't even allow myself to try.
1: Hello there, listeners. Welcome to Listen to Me Love where we hear stories behind the mask. This is Kat. Oh shit, this is Kay.
2: (laughs) And this is Kat. And
1: and today we're going to talk about hashtag comfortable, like C-O-M-F-O-R-T-A-B-L-E. LOL. So Kat, what's the first thing that pops in your mind when you think of the word comfortable?
2: For me, it would be a nice, cozy cottage in... Um, Eastern Europe and me in a wool blanket cuddling on bed in this cottage uh. with a fire. the That's what you call
1: comfortable. <laughs> what about you? I describe being comfortable as um, getting used to something or like accepting something for what it is, for the lack of a better term, without any discomfort kind of feeling or no, no hardships la. So it's like, obviously, like, you have described what you, what comfortable means to you. But for me, it's like laying your head on a fluffy pillow or like um, hanging around with your homies. Like, even though they, are, they they fart also, you'll be like, chill, bro. It's okay. It's so, so that that's like being comfortable with, uh, to me, lah, at least. So we're just going to, like, open our doors and, like, call in The Voice for today to talk about this topic. So hello, The Voice. How are you today?
0: I'm good. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about my topic, actually, because I feel like it's not something that is talked about a lot. So I'm excited to dive into
1: it. Nice, Mm. nice. So to just like have a follow-up kind of thing, so we're just going to jump right in and ask you this. What does hashtag Comfortable mean to you?
0: I guess for me, um, it's a little bit of both of what you both have described. So it's both Positive and um, for what Kay mentioned about uh, a state of there being no hardships, um, so I like my definition of comfortable is that a state of no hardships. It can be that it can also be um, yeah a state where you you're surrounded by things that make you feel secure and comfortable and cozy, you know. Um, but I refer back to this lack of State, uh, a state of in which she ha- there's lack of hardship because um, when I think of comfortable, I think of a state in my life where there was no hardship, um, but that prevented my growth as a person, uh, and that's really what I want to talk about today. Is um, yeah, that sort of state of um, inertia at one point of my life that I faced because of. Um, well i would say like a relapse in uh depression yeah so i guess uh so for just for some like background context um i guess i'm just gonna get like into it right um i was diagnosed with depression when i was 16. um i don't really want to talk so much about that period of time in my life because i feel like um i did learn some things from that period of time in my life but it's not as much as uh the second time that i experienced um another period of depression which was about a few years after that so um that sort of period of relapse of depression happened after a pretty stressful period of my life where nothing like particularly traumatic happened really but it was just a lot of stress a lot of emotional and mental turmoil that i was facing and then um it brought my life to kind of like a standstill. um so it was kind of it it was a choice on my on my part in a sense because um whilst i was ill like it i took myself out of uh pursuing my studies at the point of time um so again just for context um i was doing a two-year program in university at the point of time and uh, towards the end of this two-year program was when i faced that relapse right and so i deferred my very last semester of that program and um during that deferment i took like a few months off um so that was the time when uh, I was staying at home. I was doing. I was. I was seeking therapy, so I was uh, meeting a psychologist. I think once every two weeks. okay. again. Um, so that was a time when I. I sought psychotherapy. So you know, really delved into like my upbringing and like my past traumas and how they are resurfacing at this point of time. So that was a lot of self discovery then. But um, I was also on medication. So I was dependent on medication for a while, and then um, I was I stayed afloat enough to eventually finish that two-year course. But then after that two-year course, I decided to sort of uh, take time off from uh, further pursuing my studies um, because uh, I, I'm just gonna be honest. Like the the two-year course wasn't something that I was incredibly passionate about. I started off wanting to do it enough that i was interested in it but um it wasn't my like even halfway through i was like this is not for me um so i think that was like part of what contributed to the mental turmoil um and yeah so i I needed that time off to just figure out like what i want to do moving forward um how am i going to sustain myself uh now that i'm dealing with this depression again um because Following the first time I had depression, like I was okay for a while, and then now I'm back square one. Um, and yeah, so when I was taking that time off, it was about I want to say half a year. And the reason why it's comfortable to describe that period of time is because I did virtually nothing for that period of time. Um. And that might sound like paradise to some people. Like you're not doing anything, you know. You're not, uh, you're not putting yourself out there to like face stress or like um, face any hardships, you know. But um, for me, that point of time was me closing myself away, like shutting myself away from the rest of the world. Uh, I stayed at home, and I think in that period of time, for like less than a year or so i only went out maybe like a handful of times i okay this is the most drastic thing i did was that i deleted whatsapp so no one could uh, contact me Mm. Um, yeah so it was it was that sort of uh hiding myself away from the world and there were two coping mechanisms i went back to every time throughout this period of time was uh one, I slept a lot. Um, I guess that that was a way of sort of dealing with uh, like some cognitive disturbances that I had at that point of time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't want to hear like you know the voices in my head saying, telling me that I'm this or that. So, I opted to just sleep, get away from it all. And two was that I engaged in a lot of escapism. Um, so, my brand of escapism mm-hmm. was was fandom so um yeah i was very heavily involved in fandom at, at that point uh i'm not gonna disclose why fandom but uh yeah so
1: oh my god i was just gonna ask you <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah um but yeah it was in fandom so in a sense like i felt like i was doing something because I, w- I was involved in fandom i was chatting with people online i was like you know talking to people like halfway across the world um still having friends online um still i wrote like fan fiction a lot of fan fiction that time um but i wasn't doing anything with my life if that makes sense um i used fandom as a way to sort of um live in like a very comfortable bubble that kept me safe from the outside world um so it really I would say stunted my growth in a way. So, and yeah, like when I started like um, trying to reintegrate back into society, um, this is when I felt like I was mm-hmm. more prepared to pursue my studies, uh, what I really wanted to do, like my course. Um, and when I did that, I, I um, it was very difficult to, you know, adjust back into like, having to socialize with real life people and like um, facing the daily stresses of life that you don't encounter when you're just at home um, entertaining like the fantasies in your head, right? (laughs) Yeah, so, sort of, uh, yeah, readjusting was just very difficult and I really stumbled along the way. Uh, And for a while, I um, I really kept sort of blaming my depression for it as well um i understand that like depression can be very debilitating like it it was really hard to it's something that you you can't just like snap out of right but um i I found myself like whenever there would be opportunities coming up that i would just be like oh no i'm not gonna do it because i'll be too anxious i'll be too depressed Uh, i'm too low energy to do anything i'm not capable of doing this i'm not capable of doing that it's very reflective of like how i saw myself as a, as a person at that point of time was that i just felt like i'm not capable of doing anything because i'm mentally ill um yeah so so that's how i would describe it yeah that's a very long-winded answer, wow thanks so much
2: no yeah. it, it was good it was good uh thank you so much for sharing uh for using the space to share that um i i i have um some us regarding that it's because uh so every time when I'll say this you know like I've always heard people telling me personally that uh you know, take you should slow down and take your own time doing things you don't have to rush anything uh you need to get you know get good rest and then like you know take your time this is your life you you should you can slow down however you want and just like uh, start whenever you're ready. So so that's like another spectrum of what you said, you know, if, if I'm not wrong, is the fact that you said that, oh, you got too comfortable that you didn't want to like um go out from your bubble. So how how do we uh, maybe if if you if you know anyways, how do we like stay in the middle, not um rush ourselves with everything, you know, like oh you know, you're still young, so you don't have to rush and all this kind of stuff. And then how how do you not and up in each of the spectrum, but stay in the middle. And hey, of course, you can answer this too. I'm, I'm not, I didn't forget you.
1: Um, basically, for myself, la, it's easier said than done. I mean, if you want to find like the balance kind of thing, you know. So from, I guess I can relate to the voice a lot because being in university itself, obviously, once you find out that that's not your passion, you don't really focus on that too much. So my aim during that time is that, okay, I really need to finish this. I just need to graduate and I just like want to jump into other things that I wanted to try like, during that moment. But I I did go into a period like what The Voice has experienced, like just taking a time off of not doing anything. And to me, it's not to say it's a, it's a bad thing. It's It's for me to understand what, really matters to me, like, right now, lah, you know, so, I, if you want to say, like, like, you said, uh, you should, like, calm down, take your own time to know about yourself, but for me, I have, like, this mentality, like, the time is ticking, the time is ticking, I need to do something, so a lot of people, like, me being, like, an older kind of, like, fuck, okay, I use a lot of this kind of word, lah, okay, lah, I'm just 26, lah, but then, I feel, like, 47, like, that kind of thing, lah so everyone around me has like done something I have not done anything so I had like this mindset of like okay I have really like wasted this I do I, I, I how how am I gonna take my time back you know for the course that I don't really like so but then I discussed this with my friend who is like in Japan right now and he's managing a lot of things and I actually poured out to him like saying that I feel like I wasted my time should would it be okay to like continue my master's or like my PhD in the same kind of field, you know? And he was like, no, no, everything is like chill. Everything is just chill right now. You knowing yourself is actually not going back to step one. It's actually taking two steps forward, but then you just like one step back. Two steps forward means like knowing that you, that, 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 that job or like that kind of like uh, course is not for you. It's already a progress so you can limit your options, you know? So you can, like, limit, limit, find find your true passion by eliminating the, the things that not interest you anymore, you know? So I started, like, thinking all of this, like, throughout the whole thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to, like, breathe because at that moment, I, I couldn't breathe. It's really hard for me. It's It's pretty suffocating for my own self, you know? So each day I just wake up, I'll be like, okay, chill find my own passion again and then start doing everything because I'm someone who's like passionate about a lot of things like like doing this podcast even though it's like not in line with what I do I I study IT so I'm like I'm supposed to be like the computer geek but I actually like doing this podcast going through like trying to save people or like trying to relate with those who have like mental health issues, you know so slowly I'm learning what I'm passionate about by trying a lot of of options, you know so and yeah, it's easier said than done, la. You want to find like the balance of it, la. But you have to try a lot of, of all these options, lah. So passing to the voice.
0: Um, yeah. Totally. Like taking time off just to figure out, explore all those options is definitely something that's uh great to do, right? But I guess for me, like my experience with taking time off is, the fact, it's debilitating for me because I didn't allow myself to explore those options. Um I didn't give myself permission to say to myself, hey, I'm capable of attempting this that would um prove to myself that you know, like I'm competent as a person, uh, a person and I can explore all these things even if like I feel it's okay I've tried, right? I didn't even allow myself to try. Uh that's why I yeah, every, and I there were a couple of times where I did like um during that period of time I did like attempt a few things. But it was very short list and every single time I would just revert back to like what I knew best, which was my coping mechanisms or sleeping or like daydreaming or whatever it is at that point of time. Um, it's a little bit like um do you guys know the term learned helplessness? So it's it's a term that uh it means that it's like a state that occurs after like several um stressful events that um it's a period of time where you Stop believing in yourself, and your capacity to overcome that, those sort of situations. So you learn to be helpless. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think for me at that point of time, because I failed a few times. At least, at least in my mind, I failed. Maybe it wasn't actual, actually a complete failure. But in my mind, I defined it as a failure. Um, and I just was like, yeah, I'm a failure. I accepted it as part of myself. So I think that that is like the extreme end of like uh, you're know, using that time in a in a very unproductive mm-hmm. unproductive quote unquote unproductive way, a lot, right? Because you're you really not allowing yourself to grow as a person, uh, especially and, and to find yourself outside of your mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Got I got some tea. But I don't know whether I should mention it in the podcast or not. <laughs> it's basically um, I, I'll just mention it lah, you know, the past is the past. Um, my ex used to be like that kind of person. I feel like when you mentioned it, it was quite uh I feel like that was the reason why that was the reason why I couldn't continue the relationship with him. Was because, like, um, for example, let's say um if he scored badly in in a test you know then i'll I'll be like oh you know like um um do you know what you did wrong and and stuff like that like uh do you want to like um what what mistakes that you made and then like do you know the correct answer and stuff like that maybe you can try again and he's like oh no it's my fate i will always fail in all tests it's my fate i'm not even gonna try Then i'm just like okay and it applies for many things so even if, so even if like, um, something as simple as, oh, um, if he fell down and then I'll be like, like literally, you know, like, uh, I'll, I'll be like, you know, you, you, are you okay? Like, come on, get up And then he's like, you know, fate just wants me to stay on the floor forever. Oh. Might as well just stay on the floor. Then I'm just like, what can you, then I was like asking him questions. Like, so if I get kidnapped and stuff like that, are you going to be like, oh, fate, Wants to kidnap her, so let her be. I'm not gonna, even gonna try and stuff like that. So, do you think it's similar, like um, with because he, because I feel like he knows that that he's down there, but he's not even. There's no even like, like you said, like, I feel like he's a bit too comfortable with being at that position.
1: Fate man.
0: Um, fate. Yeah, and I hate how
2: you relate it with fate,
0: like. Oh yeah uh i have another (laughs) psychology term this is going to expose me so much for being a psychology student (laughs) but um okay there's another term called like locus of control um where it sounds like your ex and me uh we were relying a lot on like uh external locus of control which is essentially like you attribute Mm -hmm. events like happening in your life to external things like fate or like depression Okay, arguably, depression is like a part of you, right? Because it's an illness, it's inside of you. But it's still something that can be separate from like who you really are, right? Your identity as a person. So, um, I guess for me, like the journey has always been, uh, at least from that point onwards, um, to sort of bring that external locus of control into being internal. Knowing that I have a responsibility in managing myself and my well being. Because um, like you mentioned, like um, you you found it frustrating, right? Like when your ex was saying all those sort of things. Yeah. So um, I bet yeah. Like p- people found me frustrating when I was in that state. You know, like um, when I was going to therapy, I, I got homework. Um, it was I think it was like a mood diary or something. So I was supposed to do that homework, but I, at that point in time, like, my mental state was like I'm already so depressed. I'm so tired. Like, why do you want me to do homework? So I didn't do it, even though in like retrospect, Mm -hmm. like that would really have helped me along the way, you know? Um, So yeah, for, for me it was like so much resistance at trying to get better, even if like logically I knew that that was the best thing for me to do, right? To at least try to get better, but I wasn't like at least attempting, yeah.
2: Yeah, it really makes sense. Um, especially, I, I think I can relate to this as well, <laughs> like, when my therapist gave me homework and I'm like, i <laughs> and we're like, oh, why, why, like, aren't you supposed to, like, tell me what I have and stuff like that? And then he'd be like, no, I'm a counsellor, I cannot, like, no. So I'm like, oh, then why am I here and stuff like that? But, um, he, but then, you know, like, um, there's this thing where if you go for counselling or therapy, then there's only an extent of like, towards a extent of period that you go for it, like, yes, counselling is important, but that doesn't mean that you should go for counselling um, every week for your life, your whole life, like, as much as they say, like, oh, no matter how minor your problems is, you can go for counselling, but that doesn't mean that you have to rely, or you must rely only on counselling to solve your issues, so that's not like self-resilience and he and and my counseling sessions were getting longer and longer and it's always just the same thing over and over again that we discussed. so he went i think he eventually said things some things that i had to hear which was you know i can sit here and talk to you for like years and years but if you don't like change it won't nothing that i say matter yeah so I feel it's really important to know that we can change stuff. I know, like, we Kay and I talked about this before. Uh, I know you're quite passionate in this as well, like, the fact that we can make change. yeah. Do you want to talk about it, Kayson? About change? Yeah, like, um, that change, like, we are, you know, we are capable of creating change. That like, you don't have to rely or wait on other people and stuff like that
1: basically change for me it depends on yourself also, la i mean if you want to do it do it if not you just like be your own self la. we have like this kind of attitude like um if you don't if you don't like things around you you try to create change around your things around you la but then if those things are fixed the only thing that you can change is yourself to fit in la you know that kind of like ideology but wait do you get what i mean oh uh? <laughs> like i'm just like randomly, randomly crapping I think, uh, yeah, I, I see it. it's
2: like it's like saying how like you know if you can't fit into a part of society then you create your own group society, society oh, yeah the mm-hmm. other people who can fit in, but they just don't, don't know,
1: you know yeah another thing that you should address that no two people are alike la. so possibly like the way i'm thinking is not necessarily the way is exactly the same as what you're thinking, you know. So I'm I might be like, like I like using like um the example from just now for me, like I'm I was in that course like wrong kind of course kind of state, right? So probably that is from my perspective. Even though we encounter the same thing, but I can't necessarily say I understand the voices' feeling, you know. So ultimately, it's your own ch- your own uh. Your own choice to change. Mm-hmm. Only if you open up that opportunity for you to change. So it's 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 actually like, again, it's easier said than done. You should you should really understand your capabilities of opening up, lah. You know, so yeah. guess I'm just gonna like stop there. <laughs> a bit la- well,
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, another thing. That sort of uh, woke me to my senses was um, I think it was my first semester of like the the course that I genuinely want to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was excited about like oh you know like I'm finally pursuing what I want to do, but I was still finding it very hard to like adapt right because of that period of time where I was like shutting myself out. So yeah, I was struggling with like uh, socializing with my uh, my classmates and having to do like group assignments with them. Like I found those like really anxiety-inducing, um, and mm-hmm. whenever I was in situations like that, I was very quick to uh, push the like escape button. Um, and at that point of time, yeah. I don't know if like, this is like silly, right? But like at that point of time, like I I really wanted to opt for online learning. Which <laughs> is so ironic because now that I experience online learning, it's it's shit. So I yeah. <laughs> But at that point, I thought I was so like oh, I didn't want to be on campus, so I want I want to opt for online learning. I want to study from home. So <laughs> what happened was that like I met with my program director, and I discussed like, oh, is that is that an option? And then um, she she gave me some hard truths that I needed to hear. Uh, I don't remember exactly what she said, but mm-hmm. it was along the lines of like, uh, it, yes, you know, you're struggling with depression. It's It's definitely going to be an uphill, the uphill climb to like um, you know go to class, like not even go to class, not not even go to class, but like get out of bed and go to class and all that. But you still like have to try at least, right? And Mm -hmm. um, I I honestly forgot like what else she said now, but like it really hit me, like, and it really got me to realize that like. wow like have i been just self-victimizing this whole time you know like relying too much on my depression mm-hmm. to like get me out of like the even the slightest more, like uncomfortable situations um and then i got i remember getting so angry at a point of time because i was like i was angry at her for like spitting such truths in my face i was like how dare you um but also like angry with myself because like, i felt like oh my god like have i been doing this to myself the whole time? And I, I think I, I was angry with like the people around me as well for like, enabling me. Um, I felt like there were situations where uh, like the people around me enabled my like learned helplessness, right? Like they weren't encouraging me to like uh, like step out of my comfort zone. Um, so I remember for like a, the few weeks after that, like. Cold heart slap in the face. I was just um, fueled by this rage, this like uh, infernal rage <laughs> that like um, got me to go to class, got me to do my assignments, got me to do my finals. Um, and I remember this one. This is a very specific instance where uh, before that I never really socialized with my classmates and stuff, but. There was one time uh, there were like a group of them that wanted to go out for lunch or something and then one of them invited me and then I was scared, I was scared of shit, I was so anxious, um, but I was like okay, yeah, and I was scared the whole time honestly when I was hanging out with them, but after that I felt like accomplished, you know, like I did something that was like out of my comfort zone and I survived it, you know, like it, it proved to me that, hey, I could survive this Yeah, and. Um, I mean that that sort of uh, that period of time when it was like when I was fueled by that anger was very short short lived, right because you don't you don't like uh, maintain that level of anger for very long. So I I slowly kind of like went back to like normal. But I think I that realization still stayed with me, like the fact that like hey, like maybe I just I really do need to trust myself more to like put myself in situations that are gonna be inevitably uncomfortable but will help me find more confidence in myself and yeah um it's it's been that way since 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 then until like now um i know people say that 2020 was like a shit year and like 2020 doesn't exist and all that right but ironically 2020 was actually like one of the best years for me um in in like recent memory um because i i did so much that like, i felt like i was Able to be proud of. Um, I put myself in situations where I was scared shitless, honestly. And like, um, I feel a lot of self doubt still, you know, like, oh, I feel like, oh, I'm not competent enough. Or like, um, I would be in a room of people and be like, oh my God, like, everyone knows so much and I don't know anything. Um, but still, you know, like, I, I was there. And then like, I eventually worked out the courage to speak up or like be more involved with things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the past year has just been like great growth. Up uh, for me, like exponential growth compared to like the years before that. Um, so yeah, um, mm-hmm. I like in retrospect, I would say that like that that uh period of time when I was like stagnant, right? I wouldn't say it's a complete waste of time. Like I understand that I I needed that period of time to heal, but I also recognize that like uh, yeah, there were certain choices that I could have made to accelerate my growth and accelerate my healing process it's just i didn't do it at that point of
2: time and
0: um sometimes i get resentful of myself for it sometimes i'm like you know what i just have to forgive myself for that um i would i couldn't have known better at that point of time
2: yeah
0: now i know better so i can move forward and like just yeah be better
1: (laughs) so i just sank into my thoughts for a little while but then with with everything you said love so a lot of people will be like uh, I wish I I I wish I hadn't experienced this, experienced that, you know, I mean, but then you wouldn't be who you are today without your experience. So, yes. let's say, yeah. so it's like, okay, you've experienced it, you can't run away from it, because it's always, it's always going to be a part of you. I mean, you experienced it, right? Yeah. The question is, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? So... You already have like the experience. What are you gonna do now? So are you gonna like create a platform to help others who face the same uh situations or like you know you need you need to like use your platform to just involve. There there is always. I don't I don't take it like um I don't think I think I've mentioned like a previous podcast, but I don't believe like uh that there's such thing as coincidence. You're set up like that because um you're capable enough of handling it later. You need to, you need to understand that um, you are great enough. You will be the voice for the next generation, for the for the ones who are going to face, you know. So this this kind of things, it, it, it certainly takes time to click in your head, but you need to understand that you have experienced it. Those people who haven't experienced it or might experience it in the future, you should share your voice and like help them, you know, or like give them some kind of warning saying that I have experienced it. So this has happened to me. It might happen to you. It might happen to your family. It might happen to your loved ones, you know? So it's always like a cautionary kind of thing. La. So hopeful.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> I mean,
1: that that is how, that is how I live my life all day. Also, la. I know I have been in a turmoil, depression, turmoil because like, of choosing this course, like, not finding your passion, and hence, coming up with like this, listen to me la podcast too, because I know I need to share my story, Um, probably, there are, there are people who also feel the same way as me, because knowing that I'm not the only one, and, uh, the, the, okay lah, to just like plug in about, listen to me lah, la. so it's like, we're just having a real honest conversation la. because I feel like there are less of those, it's like, oh, hi, bye kind of conversation a lot these days, you know, so you really, you don't really know people that much, you know, so, yalla, hopeful la. that's a, that's a word la.
2: <laughs> I think it relates back to what um the voice said about people around you, even your loved ones being enablers to your bubble situation, right, Um, do you think that they were like that, because, 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 because like when you tell someone about depression or anxiety or any other mental illness, then they would be like, oh, like, oh my god, I don't know what to do about this. So I'm just going to let that person be. Or like, uh, you, you know, like, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I think if any of my loved ones were like enablers, I would have thought, I would have think that they did it, that they were that way because they didn't know what else to do. Do you think it's the same for your case, the voice?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely uh, them not knowing what's the best course of action to take when it comes to me. Because sometimes it's like, when you, I guess when you have someone, a loved one who is suffering from some sort of mental illness, because you, you're not in their shoes, right? So you don't know what they are experiencing. You don't know what they need, really. Um, so when they do say something, like, say, I need X thing, then you'll be okay, like, I believe you, right? Um, which is fine, which is good, you know, you should be listening to people who are um, going through that sort of situation like um, because they would know what they need best. But sometimes that's not the case also. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, when you're mentally ill, you, there's a lot of cognitive distortion that comes with it. Um, like sometimes what you think you need isn't actually what you need. Um, at least in my case. Um, yeah. and. The people around me were enabling me not because they wanted to stunt my growth purposely or like um, yeah it's just they want they it's out of good intention they want to support me it's just that like um it just so happens to be in a maladaptive way
2: i think it comes back to awareness and i think if if a lot of people would know more about like what it is like what the mental illness is or like what is mental health in general or what what kind of helps you can what kind of help you can seek for when you're suffering this kind of stuff that I think it would help so much more. Because at least you would know whether what this person like maybe oh the reason why she's reacting she or he is reacting this way is because or oh, it's because of diseases. Like you know how you can say all this cognitive dissonance thing. Like it's all because of education and awareness, right? So it's very cool which is why we have to talk more about mental health and mental illnesses in general, yeah. So, um, we are coming to an end, unfortunately, of this episode, so if, um, so the voice, like uh, you said a lot, you shared a lot today, and I feel like it's all very important, but what is it that you want to share with all the Malaysians who are listening out there? Um provided like um since you're anonymous you can it can be anything at all so what would be? go ahead and share um
0: i guess the main thing i want to say is that um if you're suffering from any sort of mental illness or it doesn't even have to be like a mental illness it could be just like us due to the deteriorating state of mental health um it's gonna be hard, right? It's gonna be hard for you to cope with life. It's gonna be hard for you to not fall back on like old habits or like coping mechanisms that are not that don't serve you as a person. And to create new um coping mechanisms that are healthier for you. But you really have to put in the work. Um, that that's really like the truth, I think, that I wanna share with people is that like um it's definitely a hundred times easier to fall back into your old old habits right but to create new habits to mind like apply mindfulness and into whatever you do and create new habits that would help you sustain yourself and like uh find yourself outside of your mental illness it's just so important because it's just really so important for you to separate yourself from your mental illness um yeah your mental illness isn't you you know like it's something that you can overcome not something that overcomes you um i i know that i i speak from a a place of like uh privilege in a sense because i feel like my depression was mild to moderate at most um so i can't really speak for people with like you know major severe depression um but i'm sure it applies to it's it's you have the power to like change your actions even like to to help me. Hope,
2: even just a little bit better with your condition. Thanks for that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would hope, like, it inspired a few people to, you know, build that infernal, <laughs> the, the, the fury that you had before. Maybe you are, like, the, the uh, program director. Who <laughs> Maybe you be there. Yeah. Do you have any shout outs that you want to give for this episode?
0: I would like to shout out Kao <laughs> Kita um which is a campaign that is working to destigmatize counseling amongst teens and I, I think that's a very important cause. Uh I think what they're doing is great. I wish I had that sort of uh, um like influence when I was a teen. So I think it's important to highlight that. So, where can these people find this <laughs> Kao Oketa thing? Okay, um, so you can find Kaoketa on Instagram at kao.ok.ta uh, and other platforms like Facebook and Twitter.
2: Yeah. All right. Thank you, The Voice. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much, The Voice and K7 okay, for being here. And none of this can have happened without our fellow listeners who are listening right now. So, see you all in our next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.